All right, everyone, welcome back to the Be Fit Podcast. I am your host, as always, Connor Murphy, here joined with Darren Batista. Crowd goes yes, crazy. Sir. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Um, so, Darren and I met through mutual friends, um, both personal trainers, and Darren is pretty much a legend at Equinox. And without trying to like take too much of his thunder, um, what is your job title at Equinox? What would you say, like, if you were to meet someone and someone's like, hey, like, Darren, like, what do you do? Yeah, so, I mean, job title-wise, it would just be as simple as I'm just a, a personal coach at the gym. Uh, I, it obviously goes goes much deeper than that when you really unravel the whole thing back and go through the process, especially if you were there as a client and saw it firsthand what I kind of go through on a daily with um, each and every client. But job title-wise, we're just called personal trainers there. Obviously, if I was to look at you and just call myself a personal trainer, I'd be lying to you. Um, I think it goes much deeper than that. It's an all-encompassing coach, in my opinion. Um, Everything from developing your exercise routine to helping you through life's toughest situations, whatever you may be going through that day, um, and everything in between and outside of that. So it's an awesome, it's an awesome time. I love it there. And it's, it's great. What got you into it? Yeah. So I was, um, coming up in college, I went to, I went to Roger Williams university, my freshman year of school. Uh, I went there to play basketball, um, was trying to walk on the team and I ended up not making the team, which at the time seemed like rock bottom for me. Um, but then it was it was almost like the pivot moment for me of where where do I go from here? And I think that's that was the moment I was I really needed to decide. So I sat with myself and what like what was going to be the thing to get me through this hard time? And it it was fitness and it was the gym. Um, I started going five six days a week, fell in love with it, and that right then and there I knew I was like, I think I I think I gotta go go further with this thing and make it some type of career. And um, I transferred out of there after a year there and went to Bridgewater State University, started studying exercise science. And as I got more engulfed in the actual studies behind it and uh, practical application stuff, I think that's when I really started to fall in love with this whole thing. And all the the connections that were made there just based on the fitness community, people going to the gym or taking those similar classes. That was really the, that was the kickstart of, all right, now I'm, now I'm in this thing. So it was school to start. And then right after graduation, senior year, applied to Equinox and um, got the job and started, started right away. So that's awesome. Yeah. Do you think that your background as an athlete allowed you the discipline to like continue to train? Because I imagine yeah. you still did a lot of training leading Absolutely. up to that as a basketball player. But uh, how did your training change, or how did that even affect or, or play into it? Yeah, I think I think it had almost everything to do with it because it was it was really basketball and my love for the sport that created such like a regimented routine for me um, when it came to training preparing for games, like all the way down to those small little things. And I feel like that is what developed why I am who I am today um, and the discipline that I hold. So it's correlated. I think it all draws back to the sports and the athletic career, even though it didn't end up going to the extent that I wanted it to. Um, ended up ending in high school. I think those were the, those were the habits and the discipline that 
to that brought me to where I sit right now with you. So it's pretty cool to see how something in your life that it seems like it could be the worst time of your life, it brings you to a point and you look back on it and you're like, I'm so glad that happened at the end of the day. It's just, it's wild to me to sit back and look at it. If you were six inches taller, do you think you would have made the team? Oh, 100%. I'm, I still got it. I still got <laughs> it. Um, we had a little mishap with like a late transfer coming in. Um, I won't dive too much in on that story, but yeah, if I had another six inches, dude, like we might have even been able to make some noise, not only on that team, but maybe, awesome a, little, maybe a little high. Who knows? If I put a 10-foot hoop in here, could you dunk on it right now? I could not. I haven't jumped like that in a while. Um, besides like box jumps, doing like CrossFit and stuff, yeah. I haven't really been training power development stuff. So I gotta, I gotta get back into that though, like a hundred percent. But right now, absolutely not. I think it was yeah. Allen Iverson that said, "When a dunk is worth three points, I'll start doing it." Exactly. It's not worth three, and until <laughs> it is, I'm not gonna start training for it. So we can try though. We'll get, we can get, get into a gym and just see what happens. It's been a while though, so. So, you know, going from basketball and then having that fail, well, not fail, I guess that's a hard way to say. At the time, you look at it as a failure. You're like, fuck, this is what I wanted to do. Exactly. But, you know, there's always this, there's always this, you kind of like, like brought the sentiment out about it being like, I'm so glad I can look back on that. But more than that is, it's an attitude, how I feel. Because it wasn't like, hey, this is what was meant to be. I was meant to go here and then not yeah. have it done. Yeah. But it's a matter of being able to progress from that. Because I think so many people, whether it's their fitness journey, whether it's their careers, they have some sort of disappointment like that. 100%. And they can't move forward enough. They can't have the foresight to be like, hey, things will be better. And they get stuck as these like has-beens instead of doing real shit like you're doing now. Yeah. They look back and, and you know, it's like, um, it's like, what did Sean Connery say in The Rock? It was like, losers always whine about their best. Winners go home and, you know succeed yeah. for lack of better terms but um i mean i'm sure it's not like a oh man i got cut this is hard let's move on to something else exactly well, talk about the transition time what was it you know from that to fitness when did you realize like hey I've, I've got something going here with either training yourself or wanting to train and help other people yeah that's um that's an awesome question i think that it, i didn't really notice it as i transitioned through school i think college was kind of like a the, the lines were a little blurred there. Um, I knew that I loved fitness, but when I actually thought that I had the tools to make it what it is now for me, um, which is my essentially my entire life right now, is uh, revolved around what I not only do for my own physical health, but for other people and their lifestyles. I think that really happened right when I started at Equinox because it was kind of like a shot in the dark of, do I really want to do this thing full time? And once I started and, and gained a little bit of traction at Equinox, I was like, I'm actually like kind of good at this shit. Like, and I, cause I had no idea. I knew that I was like well-versed in fitness and knew, knew a couple things about it. Um, in school, I did a couple internships, which boosted my confidence a little bit, um, learned for some really smart, educated people and really good coaches. So I felt like I had, that background behind me, but I didn't really know if I could take it and make it something that was large enough for me to be fulfilled in that moment. Um, so once I started to gain that little bit of traction at Equinox, I think that's when it really, I sat down, I remember this, I sat down probably like a few months in and I was like, 
I can, I can really do this. And I, I think that you need to see yourself as that person before you become it. And I always told myself going into that, if I'm going to lean into this thing, I'm going to look at myself as the top guy, even when I'm not, because I know I will be there. And that creates a level of confidence in you that even in, I think it, you can relate this back to anything, even with your clients is like, you got to see yourself there before you actually get there, because that's going to drive the, pro- the process of getting to that point. So once that traction started to be gained and I held that confidence throughout the entire process of getting to this point, I think all those things have led to right now, which is cool. So what was it that, that made you realize that you were good at it? What was it where it was like, you know, you start training, you start working with people. Yeah. What was the, what was the, you know, efficacy? How did you measure like, Oh shit, I'm actually pretty good at this. It was, it was really like no one was leaving like all my clients. So I I would, I would pick up a client. It almost sounds silly. Like no one was leaving, but we always say it's great to get a client, but it's awesome to retain them. And I was really re- holding on to everyone that walked in the door, and it just showed me that they were enjoying this thing. So I was staying organized, obviously, on top of their programs, making sure everything was always fresh, always fun, uh, but structured in the way that there was time to make progress where it needed to be made. Um, and I think that just like the overall work ethic I put into it and the retained clients that I saw, um, it just continued to grow and grow and grow. And over time, I mean, I, I got to a point where I'm doing 11, 12 sessions every single day, which is, if any trainers know, that's that's your entire day. You know that. So on your feet for 11 to 12 hours, it's a, it's a hefty task as a in the world of a trainer, but you can't get there unless you're super organized and you have that ability to make it enjoyable for clients and that enjoyment alone is going to keep them coming back for more. Yeah. It was always said to me from any of the mentors that I've had, it's like your job as a trainer is to educate, entertain and inspire. hundred percent. And you know, you said it too. It's like, Hey, working 11, having 11 clients in a day, is not just physically exhausting. Like it's physically exhausting, but you said it in the very beginning. It's like being a personal trainer, when you look at it from the outside, they're like, oh, they train people in fitness. Exactly. When you're in it, you're like, I might be a therapist. I might be a psychologist. I might be like <laughs> so all of these different things because it's mentally taxing too yep. because it really comes down to your clients don't really care if you're having a bad day because if you're having a bad day and you let those things, the negativity and that stuff come in, it's like that's going to rub off on them. For sure. Um, how are you able to maintain that? Because obviously like being a good trainer is one thing but you could be the smartest person in the world with zero clients. Yeah. So what are some of the ways that you kind of stay motivated and, and keep clients motivated even on days that you're like, I don't want to be doing this right now? Yeah, and I love, so I love how you said that they don't care if you're having the worst day in the world. And I try to, I try to motivate the team around me to keep that in their head because I see it. And I'm, I'm making sure I want to be a mentor in this industry. So especially under the roof that I work at now, it's very easy to recognize when someone is off energy-wise. Mm-hmm. Um, and I try to, I know that I'm the leader there and I have to maintain my energy level because 
you you can tell when someone is a little bit low on that end. And I've told myself every single day I walk in there, I got to leave whatever's going on at the door because I do set the example for these people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that correlates well to your clients as well as if I come in on Monday and I'm super energetic, I'm outgoing, and then on Tuesday I'm a little bit different, there's not, there's not continuity there. And I think that that's a behavior that a client will pick up on and that will almost lead to them becoming less motivated to see you. But if they know they could be having the shittiest day in the world, but I'm still going to see Darren and he's going to have the best smile on his face. He's motivating me. He's clapping, cheering me on and I'm going to have fun or at least my day is going to be better when I walked out than when I walked in. That motivates clients to keep coming back for you. I mean, if you can give them a positive face and a positive energy to start their day and their day at lunchtime, I don't know, maybe it's the middle of their day. If you're like a gem client, I love those clients that have that availability. <laughs> so shout out those people. Uh, but I think it's just, it, it comes down to literally maintaining the right energy and knowing that you can't bring any baggage into what you do on a daily, especially as a trainer, because we're so client involved and we're, we're so involved in our people's lives that we need to be a source of empowerment and energy as opposed to sucking those things away. Yeah. I mean, I, it doesn't matter what discipline you're at. doesn't matter what gym you're at. That's, that's for sure. It's like you see the people who have the most clients that are consistent. You talked about retention of that too. And I guess I'm curious on your thoughts or your idea. Do you think it's better to be a positive, energetic person that doesn't know much about training? Yeah. Or to have, you have a, a PhD in exercise science and anatomy and physiology, but not be a positive person, not necessarily a negative person, but not be the, the funnest person to be around? Yeah, uh, it's, it's going to be the first, no matter what. Because people don't care how much you know. It's, it's a cliche saying, but they don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And that holds true in any situation. Um, I could walk in, like you said, with a PhD and know all of my, the ins and outs of exercise and the body and training. But if I can't use my own personality to motivate and light up an individual, but I can fill their head with a bunch of data that they don't really care about, they're not going to, they're not going to keep training with me. So I definitely know I'm not the smartest trainer in the world. I never will be. I don't want to be, but I know that I can hold an energy that will probably top anyone in the room with me. And if I feel like I'm lacking that, I'm going to try and rise to that occasion. Yeah. That's a tool as a trainer. You'll be successful in any room you're in. It doesn't matter if you have a PhD, if you've never been to college, if you can get into a room, no matter the skill level of any coach that you're with, and you can out-energize any single one of them, you're going to attract clients. And that's just, it's so simple. It's simple as that. And it just always will be. Now, when you start at Equinox, does it, is it like, hey, here's clients that they give you? Or, or then, and as I'm sure at some point in time, and especially where you're at now, yeah, I mean, you're a you're one of the most sought out trainers in Boston for people like, Hey, if you want to, if this is the trainer that it comes from experience, but when you start at Equinox, how does that process work? Yeah. So when you first start out, they, uh, they're very good about 
uh, giving you lead, generating those things for you, um, just to get you on your feet. You know, I like get you in front of people. Um, you do some assessments. So before you train anybody at Equinox, we we do an assessment just an hour. Sit down with the client or potential client. Um, talk about goals, assess their movement patterns, and all that good stuff. Um, so at the beginning, it's very more. It's more so heavy on the side of the managers help you out. But I think what determines like long-term success there and in corporate fitness in general is what are you doing outside of the help that they're providing you to make yourself an asset and to be a little bit different. Um, And a bunch of the guys that I work with that even you know, like Kevin and all them, um, I would go up to everybody on the floor. So we have like the floor shifts. So you get like three or four hours out on the floor just kind of cleaning up, walking around, um, and you, it's your decision how you choose to use those hours. And I chose to use it by being, I wouldn't say obnoxiously, but almost obnoxiously, like always going around to people and making sure that I, they knew who I was, shaking hands, um, kissing babies, all that good stuff. And I, I think that set me apart a little bit because everyone in that gym, after a couple months of doing that continually, um, they knew who I was. So it was like, if they ever had interest in training, they're not going to the guy that they don't know. They're going to the guy that was shaking their hand every day or giving them a fist bump and saying hi to start their morning. So it all ties back, though, to the the positive energy and just carrying a, a good attitude and a good smile. And that that's taken me all the way in terms of getting up to the position in Equinox where I'm at now. So, Do you think being ridiculously good-looking helps you out in that manner? You know... When I first started Equinox, I don't think the the hair was like a little poofy. Um, I had more like military cut vibes. I think it was like a slow growth into myself, and I feel like it's it's helped along the way to grow into like I got the little flop in the hair now. I think that helps out a little bit. The poof wasn't doing it, so once the hair kind of improved a little bit, I think that's that was the turning point. So you don't give your full credit to it, but there's definitely something to be said there. There, there's like there's touches of it that that help. <laughs> uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't go all the way in on the looks helping, but also a couple more tattoos along the way it goes it goes a little bit of a way. People you see the tattoos like this guy's committed. You know, so that, your dude. tattoos are cool though. Mine are d- my mostly stupid. So no, come on, dude, you're covering up. <laughs> Let the world see. Um, they've seen enough. You go to my Instagram page. Like, yeah. All right, man, that's, that's quite enough. We're like, all dude, set. You're shirtless in every video. What's going on? Um, that is also another point that I think a lot of trainers miss or they want to write off. Do you think being fit makes you in an overall standpoint? We're not just talking about one category, but like, let's yeah. say there's 10 categories of a trainer and all of them are in this area. Do you think being fit can help your overall ability as a trainer? Yes. Um, ability as a trainer, when it comes to like the energy and um, kind of the vibes that I've been talking about a little bit and what you need to carry on a day-to-day basis, I think that the investment in your own physical health can only do great things for the energy and confidence that you carry. And I think that's what correlates really well to your ability as a trainer. I'm on that side. So but yeah, I mean, no one's going to trust you if you're not in good shape or at least decent shape. Or uh, on the journey. On the journey, yeah. If, you're, if people see you working hard and really 
diving into your own fitness and taking it seriously. I think they'll still still trust you, but if you don't look the part whatsoever, it's going to be really difficult to to get to the point of really successful as a trainer in the industry. So, yeah, I agree, and I've, and I've gotten shit for saying that as well. And it's not to say, hey, you can't know what you're doing without being in shape. We're not saying that at all. Yeah. However, let's talk about the overall efficacy of a trainer. If you're not getting clients, and even though let's say like you and I, the exact same ability to get people to their goals. For sure. That's kind of how you measure it, right? Are people staying with you? And if they're staying with you, are they getting the goals that they want to have? For sure. Usually if they're not getting that, then they're not staying with you. So those go hand in hand. But if I, was like, if I was Lazy Larry and I was overweight and I didn't really like look at, I didn't care what I ate and I didn't do this, and, and people walk into the gym and they say, all right, you got the choice. You have Darren or you have Lazy Larry Connor. It's like, of course people are going to be like, well, that's, that's the goal. That's what I want to do. That's what I want to be. And it doesn't matter your ability to coach someone else. Exactly. What, that barrier is going to be there. Now let's say that you have two people that come in one hops to Darren, one hops to me, and then we're both training people and they're both seeing results. Yeah, now I've got that client in for there. Sure. It's like, great, I can still be as efficacious as a trainer for that person's results. However, if I'm not getting people to hop that fence on board with me, you can't be as good of a trainer, you can't be as effective as a trainer unless you are either on the journey to fitness or near the, where the goal, where people want to be. Yeah, and I think how... How are you going to tell someone or guide someone if you're not doing it for yourself? I think that's a really tough concept. How am I going to convince someone to lean into this lifestyle if I'm not fully leaned into it on my own? Um, But yeah, like you said, I think there's an extra hurdle there for someone that isn't fully engulfed in their own fitnesses. If someone walks into a room, which is the case at Equinox specifically, a lot of the time it's set up so everyone is looking out at the fitness floor and mm-hmm. that's how it's supposed to be it's almost like a marketing tool for cli- or members that aren't clients yet but they're looking out so if they see me from afar i'm super in shape but they see another guy from afar we're doing similar things programming wise who are they gonna who are they going to flock to yeah most naturally um so i think there's there's more of a hurdle there for someone that doesn't prioritize their own fitness because they almost they need to work really hard to get that person in the door. And then once they have them in the door, maybe they can really provide right. that value, which is great. But it might be easier for someone that's in really good shape and takes care of their body to not even need to really try to get them in that door, um, which, is, which is great because yeah. you, know, you, can, you can show value without necessarily even saying anything or coaching at all. Yeah, so it's like, a, you know, it's, it's like if you talk about being a, a triple threat athlete. It's like you've got to have those things, either having your knowledge of your craft, I think that's very important, having the energy, what we talk about, having the ability to care, and then also looking the part. And I'm not saying you can't be a fantastic trainer, yeah. but if you have all three of those things, you're setting yourself up for more success. I don't want to go to a financial advisor that's gone bankrupt three times and has zero dollars in the bank. Yes. Regardless of how confident they are, how much they know that stuff. And it's like, so... That's how they're doing, you know, their work. So it's, I mean, it's a relatively simple thing. I just think it's, it's a tough pill for some people to swallow. And not to say, hey, you're not doing a good job, but it's to say, hey, if you 
if you continued on this journey or showed people like how you could do it, like yeah. you'd be more effective. Yeah. Just be on the journey. And we need to, as coaches and trainers, like we need to follow the same journey that we tell our clients to be on. And I think it's a never ending thing. And if I'm going to preach that to anybody, I need to live that. And it also just makes you better at coaching because you can relate. If I'm, coming off a workout and then I have a client at 12 and they're like, oh, like, what was your, what'd you do for your workout today? And I can go into a full blown combo on how I destroyed myself today. They're going to be like, damn, he's really about that. And yeah. I think that's like super important. It's just something to relate to your clients with again. I think it's similar with me and CrossFit. It's like when people are like, and I'm telling someone, hey, here's this, you know, we have 21, 15, 9, deadlifts and whatever. Yeah. I'm like, hey, on that round of 15, you're going to get to rep eight and you're going to want to set that bar down. I wanted to set the bar down, but you can keep, you know, and it's like, then you have that insight on it. Exactly. Then you have that trust component where someone is like, oh, this person's walking the walk. Like you said, they're yeah. doing it. You can speak more eloquently to it, but then they also know this is what this person looks like. This is what they're doing. This is what they're coaching. This is what it's like. It's, e it's an easy step to be like, yeah. You know, I can't imagine if someone was like, hey, you're going to do this 10 times. I'm like, well, like, how is it going to feel rep seven through 10? And someone's like, oh, I don't do this shit. <laughs> you're like, well, I, I, yeah. don't, I don't want to. Why am that. I doing it then? I don't know. It's such a good point. With, um, with clients, what are the different, what, what would you say like the main three goals are of your clients? When they come in, you have that brief or meeting. Or, what are some of the goals that maybe some of our listeners can relate to to be like, that's my goal? Yeah, I mean, number one by far is going to be body composition. So whether it's fat loss, muscle gain, it's either one of the two. I think that's the big chunk at Equinox. Uh, people just want to look better and obviously feel better in the process, but I yeah. think that's definitely number one. Um, you get your handful of people with actual like performance goals. So when it comes to like power development, speed stuff. And I think that's more prevalent in the, uh, in the summertime when you get some like college kids that come back season. Um, and they play sports and their parents set them up. They're like, hey, like I want Johnny to get better f over the summer for baseball. And I think that's really fun because I have, I have a pretty good background in that um, with the internships I did. It was, they were both at strength and conditioning facilities. So that's fun when you get a person like that to walk through the door. And then third, I would say, is probably just like feeling better with everyday activity and like using exercise as a tool and outlet to make the other 23 hours of the day way more um, easy, you know, and just to correlate in that way. So that's also cool because you know that you're impacting on a daily activity level, which is you're making life easier. Things feel better when they're moving. As simple as putting a sh something on a shelf or moving a box out of a car. I mean, that that's honestly one of the most fulfilling things for me is making someone's life easier by helping them in the gym and making them feel more empowered with all of those simple movements that you wouldn't even think of, but people hurt themselves daily doing those things. So I'd say those are... Those are probably like the main three, but a very heavy emphasis on the, the body composition side of things. It's pretty sure. traditional. People going to the gym, they're like, I need to lose weight. Yeah. What's, um, you know, for instance, if there's people who are like, hey, I can't, you know, I can't afford an Equinox membership, let alone personal training, but yeah. I still want to get this stuff done. Yeah. What are some things that you could, you could 
tell people right now, it's like, hey, this is something you can do today to help improve the quality of your life through fitness. I love that. I think it's it's start slow. Don't don't necessarily feel like you have to take on this whole journey in one day or even one week or one month. If you don't have the finances to join a gym, which in all reality, you could start a plan of fitness if you wanted to, if that was your only option. But we'll touch on that later. If you did not have the finances to afford any of those things, whether it's a gym membership and a coach or either or, whatever it may be, I think it's just to start. Just do something. Like if you need to spend your first month going on long walks, getting your body moving, um, following a stretching routine that you found on YouTube because yeah. those things are free and accessible. Um, maybe you even start doing some research on YouTube or any online uh, resource as to like, how do I get started with strength training? Simple body weight uh, workout, 30 minute workout, just like simple things like that. And then you have so much on social media now. Some of it's oversaturated, but some of it is helpful if you find the right outlets to look to. I think people are in a, a better spot now more than ever where if they have zero access to anything, gym, coach, that they could still probably figure it out if they really set their mind to it. So I would say just to start, do something. It could be so simple for the first day, week, month, even year. You say, you know, set your mind to it. And it always makes me think back to when we were talking about being a trainer is more than just, you know, physical training and telling people what to do. But in the realm of like psychology as well, when there are times when I'll have clients that will like say things to me and I'm like, like, at what point in time did you think that's like where you're at? Like, it's just like this like negative self-talk. Yeah. How do you handle a lot of that stuff? Because you do get to talk about people's emotional problems. They want to share that with you. They trust you because you are, they're trusting you not just with their time and their money, yeah. but also with their health. And when that starts to improve, they want to trust more of it. So how do you how do you handle that? How do you navigate that where it's like, you know, obviously you're not gonna like goodwill hunting someone and like sit them down and you know take notes on it. But yeah. how do you manage that that type of situation? Yeah, and I, I run into this a good amount just because you're you're spending a lot of time with these people and they're normally going to you with their most negative thoughts because you're that person that isn't really involved in their day-to-day besides that hour. And obviously, I communicate with all my clients, usually on a daily basis, and I keep up, keep tabs with their lives. But I think the best thing that I've learned to do is to really be such a good and active listener and let people know that they're being heard. Because people want to talk about themselves, and they want to know that someone hears them. So I feel like asking really thought-out questions that maybe can dig deeper beneath the surface and just trying to tell them like oh no you're okay or like oh like it's not that way like you shouldn't feel like you shouldn't feel like that I think it's better to just be like I totally hear you like I I hear what you're saying why why do you feel that way about what happened yesterday there's like just digging a little bit deeper as opposed to being too superficial with what they're going through because at the end of the day, I can't fully understand what someone's going through in their head, but I can ask questions to navigate that and um, to get them 
to talk so much about it that they almost feel better that they've gotten everything out. Uh, so I, I feel as a coach, it's our more our duty to ask good questions and be a listener, um, especially on the days where some clients aren't going to want to get after it every time that they come in. And that's an important tool is to know, meet them where they're at that day. And if they're going through some, some shit in their lives, listen. You don't always have to be talking. I talk a shit ton. My clients will tell you, like, this kid, this kid's an energy ball. <laughs> but I know, and it's a skill I have, is when I can sense the energy is off of the client, it turns into more, I'm, just, I'm here to listen. I, I'll, I'll kind of turn back that energy a little bit and not be so cheery all the time and just try to really dig a little bit deeper into asking questions, making sure that I'm fully listening and hearing out what they're going through that day. You're like a, like a baseball catcher. It's like you're behind the plate and you're ready. Like if your client is up there, like the only issue is that you're not going to give them the signs. It's like you got to be ready for a changeup, a fastball, exactly. a curve, one in the dirt, one high. Um, something that you said that I want you to talk about more because it's very interesting to me is that you said, at the end of the day, I can't fully understand what they're going through. I feel like a lot of people are like, oh, I know what you're going through. I, I hear that a lot. Yeah. When you say that, elaborate more on that when, you, when it's like, hey, I don't really know what they're going through, so I just listen. It's, it's just you're not, and I, I agree with you, I hear that all the time is people are like, yeah, I totally get what you mean by that, or I totally get what you're going through, but everyone lives a separate life, and our viewpoints on a certain event in someone's life from me to you to the next person is going to be completely different in how we interpret those things. So for me to look a client in the eyes that has gone through something that has impacted them negatively or positively and to say, I fully 100% understand what you're going through or how you interpreted that event, it's just not my place to say that. Um, and I just genuinely don't believe that I, humans have the, the capacity to fully understand in the same exact way, how an event goes down or how, how it's taken in by another individual. So again, I think clients feel more comfortable with someone that says, I don't totally understand that, but I want to hear how you interpreted it because that's important to me because that, that also gets me better as a person to understand in a different light. Maybe something happened and I would have interpreted it this way but you get a separate viewpoint from somebody else and you're like, wow, like I never would have thought of it that way. That's actually interesting. And then you kind of, you can form those two perspectives and maybe you have a brand new way you view things. So I think it's just another opportunity to get better as a person. That's really cool. I like, I like hearing that and I like, like it put that way. Cause yeah, you're right. I mean, if, Two people can go through the exact same thing, but their viewpoints may be different. So their how they yeah. feel about it is different. I always had an issue when people told me like, hey, I know what you're going through. And I'm like, well, how? Are you me? Are you doing that stuff? So it's interesting that you said, hey, I don't, at the end of the day, I don't know what they're going through. It's more of like, but you can empathize with them. Yeah. And so you ask your, your way of helping them is by asking more questions to let them kind of air it out and talk about it. And maybe for the first time, they hear what they're saying. Yeah. They kind of let their thoughts out there for that. So... I think that's probably unique and probably one of the many reasons behind your success as a trainer. Yeah. I'm curious with you too is um, obviously you're working with some big names that come into town. 
um, you probably see in a similar light things like that happen because viewers that see these people with a big following or they're very successful with what they do, a lot of viewers probably think, oh, they live the perfect life. And you probably see the the inside of that where they don't they don't live these perfect lives and they probably have a lot of things that go on in their lives as an individual. So I think that's a cool I'd like to to pick your brain on like what that looks like too. Think the same thing that that anyone else is going through, but just on a highlighted level. Yeah. I mean, I've been on tours with artists that you're like, I mean, this person has more money than God. What could be going wrong in their life? Yeah. And it's like they have no idea who they are. Exactly. And they play a show for people that are screaming their name. And I think I talked about this on one podcast, but I was, I was on tour with an artist who was struggling on tour. And so their tour manager got my contact info, called me. I flew out like the next day just as a, you know, as a trainer, but yeah. probably much more than that. And we were at a hotel in the artist's hometown. It just had more equipment than his house did. And as soon as he got out of his car, he was recognized by people. And they're like, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh, like, like, uh, so nice to meet you. Can we take a picture? And I was like, yeah, for sure. I was like, I'll take the picture. So, you know, take a picture. And like, thanks. And then they left. Yeah. And you saw him sit there. And he's like, he's like it kind of bothers me when people are like, then they're going to post on that. I met this person. Yeah. And it's like they didn't ask me anything about how my day was, about anything. I was like to meet. For them to meet me was more so to tell other people that they've met me. Wow. But what if they were to ask a question, be like, hey, how's your day going? It's like, honestly, like, not been a great day. Yeah. You know, I, the person had, like, sold out the, his, like, hometown theater at the, at the Greek in L.A. And, like, the next day it was like, you know, there's, like, an empty feeling inside. And, like, like my heart, like, went out for this person because you see things from the outside looking in. And I can't, I mean, I don't know what fame feels like. I don't know what it feels like to get out of your car and have people recognize you and have, you know, a ton of money and a ton of that stuff. So I think it's, it's the same thing just on an even more elevated level. And you, I mean, same thing. It's like you see someone who has like a huge following, that person for the most part will post and they'll post real stuff. It's not all yep. fake. It's not like my life is great all the time. Yep. But people make their own presumptions and assumptions about how life is lived. And then you're going to be there for that person when they have their bad days. And it's like, man, shit's not working out for me. It's the same problem. Everyone has the same issues. Yeah. No one's just like, well, everything's perfect. And everything I do is perfect. And every action that I take is perfect. Like, sure. You know, I, th- I just think it's highlighted. But it's, you, know, you have to respond in the same way that, that you were saying. It's like, Ask one more question. You don't know what they're going through. I mean, I'd imagine if I said that to someone who's like, you know, depressed because they have, you know, hundreds of thousands of fans that are all around the world and yet they're like sad. You're like, oh, I know what you're going through. <laughs> what? <laughs> I have, Not at all. I have, I have four people on social media that actually know me that follow me. Outside <laughs> of that, people just care about my child. So, yeah. But um, no, yeah, I mean, I think it's the same thing across the board. Um, so what are your goals now? So it's like, it obviously seems you're super regimented, which is part of the reason of your success with clients and that, but, you know, moving on from this, I don't, you know, I, maybe I'm just speaking for myself, but training clients 11, 12 a day, I don't know is the most sustainable thing. You (laughs) might be Superman over here, but might not be the most sustainable thing. My hamstrings are telling me that for sure. (laughs) (laughs) I'm tight, man. I'm tight. Um, yeah, 
I love that question because I think that, especially this year, um, obviously we're new into 2024, and I, I've definitely taken some time to sit down just with myself and say, like, what, what do I want out of my life this year? Um, and where do I want to be when I sit down and do the same exact thing in 2025? And I think now for me, I've, I've proved to myself, because that's all that I really care about proving this to is myself, that I can impact in a large way. And a lot of people put their trust in me to, to not only impact their lives, but just give them the blueprint to leading a happier and healthier, healthier lifestyle and I think now it's time for me to impact on a way larger scale. Obviously, the virtual side of the world is booming right now, especially when it comes to fitness. Um, I can't talk about fully um, what's going on behind the scenes in terms of what I'm working on, but there's oh, got some secret stuff going on. There's some secret stuff going on that I'm working heavily on with a couple guys um, that I hold very close to me and trust a lot they know who they are um and we're we're planning to reach a very large crowd with what we're what we're working on so come 2025 a much larger um mass of people i want to be able to touch with the tools i've developed along the way and what i've proved to myself thus far at equinox in the city of boston which is arguably it's a tough place to gain the trust of a lot of people, especially with the personalities that you can come across on a daily basis. Right. Um, I love this city more than anything in the world, but that's just a, a cold hard fact is it's not easy to, to have a positive effect on this large amount of people. And I, I think if I can do it in a place like Equinox Seaport, why can't I do it across the world? So... And that's just the confidence that you gotta you gotta hold. So there's some big things coming this year. For so sure. essentially, what you're doing is scalable, for sure. Because if, and I've tried this before too with clients. I've tried to be like, all right, I can't take on this client, but I'm going to give you one of my trainers who does that. And yep. then it's like it either doesn't work. They either want to train with the person they're reaching out to. They either want to train with you or no one else. Exactly. Or you send them another trainer, and then after three months of it, they're like well, why am I paying this guy more than you? Why wouldn't I just like, you know, why don't we just split the difference in the middle and I'll just pay it straight exactly. to you, which I think is fair because it's like that's the person doing the work. It's so Like fair. maybe have there be a finder's fee. Be like, hey, I've got you this, you know, client or trainer pays you this and then it's like, hey, you're going to do your thing. Yeah. I've always thought it was weird when people are like, oh, I, I, I train under this person. And it's like, they, when they give you your black belt, like, I, like at some point in time, like you're, you're, you are the one doing the work in that. So exactly, sounds like scalability is, is what's next for you. It's everything. And I've, I've tapped into that slightly already um, through the past year. Um, so I run an on, a side online business. It's called Credo Fitness and Lifestyle. Uh, me and my, my boy, Steven, shout out to him. We founded that in 2019. So that we didn't start doing virtual training until this year, this past year, 2023. And I've built a, a good base of people that have, have uh, trusted me with that. But like you said, I think that there's much more that can be done. Um, what I've done thus far is more so just online programming and guiding people's workouts through, through the gym, um, along with like nutrition coaching along the way. But that's solely just been me. 
Um, what I'm working on now is making this thing able to boom through scalability, which is it's going to be the next step, and it's it's going to be something brand new. Uh, but I have I have the right team and the confidence behind me now that I think we're gonna we're gonna be able to make this thing a big one. Amazing. Now I want to ask you a question because we talk about like training and fitness. If you could have your perfect scenario for what you do for work, what would that look like? And it can be as unrealistic or realistic as you want it to be. What would that look like for you? I so. I love that question, first of all, because that's like, that's something that not I didn't enough prepare it. I just thought about it right now. It just yeah. Like, no, that's awesome. It's something that not enough coaches think about, like what they want, what would their ideal day in fitness look like? Because I think if you don't have that vision, how are you going to get there? You got to create that for yourself. It's yeah. all, it's all a mindset and knowing that you can. I'd say for me, because I do really love the in-person stuff, I would definitely want to start my morning with in-person work. Um, I'll always love that part of it. I love building connections. I love the relationships built through that. Um, so I would definitely start my morning with at least three or four hours of in-person training. Um, that would leave a nice gap to come over to Big Night Fitness and get a workout with my boy. You know, I have to. Um, that's coming. For, that's coming soon for sure. We're gonna get way more consistent with that. And I'd say just the rest of the day um, working through a virtual a virtual side um, and being able to reach a mass of people like I've been talking about a little bit. So I'd say like a little bit of a dabble in person just to keep that as part of my life. Um, But the main driver being the virtual side is definitely where I see this going. Um, And I'm excited for it because I know that with, with the work ethic that I'll put into it, which I've already been doing, the beginning part of it is absolutely harder than what is to grind, come. I imagine. It's, it's a grind for sure. It's a lot of front-end work, but I'd say that's where I see it going. Um, and I, I would love to and know I can get there by the end of this year. So we'll be working out a whole lot, brother. Hell yeah. You better be ready for it. I'm ready for it. I got to do way more CrossFit, deal, for sure. I mean, any of the workouts we've done, you've without having a lot of exposure to. I mean, obviously, like training and there's transferability yeah. and functional movements, but you've always smashed them. So I remember on that kettlebell swing, that kettlebell swing burpee box jump over workout. Yeah, oh, that was just such a grind. That was a that was a gross one. That was not the fun. cleans. I gotta, I have to clean those up for sure. We'll work on that together. Yeah, I mean, I've you know people spend their entire lives doing it and then win a gold medal at the olympics for it so it's not an easy thing it's true coaches need coaches absolutely That's damn right i um i think no matter what the answer is if there's someone who like you have to love training you as do. a coach either either you have to love training or you have to love coaching other people like if you're not one of those two i'm not entirely sure what you're doing it but i I love to train and I hate it a lot of times that there's times where I'm like, we go in the gym and I'm like, like I, I didn't want to be up this early. I don't want to be doing that stuff, but man, just like, and not solo, not on my own. I love like the partner workouts. I love grinding with someone else in the community aspect of it, that it builds and you call it shared suffering. You can call it whatever you want it to be. But when you do hardship with someone, you can have nothing in common with that person. 
But when you do hardship with someone, you create a bond that's there because there's this unspoken thing about like, hey, this person's willing to go there. This person is, this person is willing to put themselves in an uncomfortable environment in order to improve their quality of life through fitness. And even if we have all different political opinions or anything else that's going to miss, it's like you have that connection. Yeah. And when you train and you do that stuff with other people, it's like just the community aspect is huge. Do you have clients that uh, do the same workouts? Yes. Um, I trained some. So I trained some clients together, actually, just as a way to fit even more into my calendar, yeah. which is crazy to think. Um, one, first of all, I wanted to touch on what you just said, because that is easily, besides the actual training aspect, my favorite, favorite part about this industry. And it's a reason I sit here next to you, is that there is such a community aspect to fitness. And I love that about it because it's just two me and you for example it's just two people that are surrounded by the same common goal of just living a healthier lifestyle and we just love to get after it and the fact that you and i's relationship is just like a i feel like i've known you for a long time now and it's simply because i have seen you and you have seen me at i am fucking dead right now (laughs) And when you see someone who is willing to go there, like you just said, I build a, a level of respect for that person that is very hard to match. When it's like, I'm looking at you, I'm dead. You're looking at me, you're dead, but we're still going. We're not giving up. And no one's giving up until the timer's done or the workout's finished. And I love that about fitness. But to answer your actual question, because I had to just go on that ta- uh, tangent there. Yes, yeah, some of them do do like a lot of them do similar workouts because I train movement patterns. I don't necessarily train muscle groups or anything like that. Yeah. So everyone's going to hit the, uh, the essential movement patterns there, no matter what. It's just a, a matter of what is their level? What are they willing to try and attempt? Um, are they willing to do anything? Are they yeah. like, I don't want to do this and I'm not going to give that to them as a coach. Um, and then I pair the people that I think are, similar enough where they would see a good training effect one and two great results by doing the same thing um our buddy charles i train him with another guy too like they do the same thing so he's an example of someone who i think could benefit from a similar workout to the kid that i have him with Uh, so i think it's it's an effective tool if you can find the right clients that could benefit from the same thing to pair them together but I also understand the other side of the token. People like to have that one-on-one attention. Yeah. So I get that too. Do you prefer two over one or one over two? That, I like both for different reasons. I think I like, I like two or more sometimes because the work gets done more efficiently because they're pushing each other. I almost like to watch people working harder than they normally would if they were alone because they see the other guy or girl working their ass off. I think it's like a super cool concept. When I'm with one guy for a one-on-one session and we get done half the amount that we've done in a three-person session, I think that's super interesting, but it makes sense because they're there. So I think I just answered my own question. I might prefer two or more easier to keep the energy levels up too and you oh, get other yeah. people and you're chirping off people and that stuff it's, it's so high i mean you know that too because you you do mainly 
You're working in groups a lot of the time, I'd say. So yeah. the, the energy's there. I prefer it. Now there's some clients I have, there's some athletes that I have that I'm like, you know, I'm not going to put my, my wrestler doing the same stuff as like the main, you know, endurance people are For doing sure. that stuff. And For sure. Although we could do the same type of thing, I need to put a little bit more attention into this. But coaching a, coaching a group of like, like eight to 12 is my sweet spot, depending on the movements, depending on the workout. But it's like the energy you can get and the camaraderie you can get in there and people high-fiving and chest-bumping and seeing other people grind through it. And here's another, you know, I, we always talk about this type of stuff, but it's like how can it relate to people that are listening to this? If you think you're like, oh, I don't want to join a group fitness class or I don't want to join a personal training client with another person because they're going to judge me, let me, tell you, let me tell you something. When I'm in a workout, I give not one shit about what anyone else is lifting, whether they're going yeah. faster. I am so focused on doing what I'm supposed to be doing yeah. and everyone else is doing the same thing and then at the end of the workout, people will applaud your efforts. They will applaud that you showed up that day. It is one of the best ways, I mean, apart from having that personal trainer and having the accountability in that, that people can stay consistent as training is having that person or having that group of people that will then call you. You go four days in a row, then you miss Friday and you didn't tell anyone. You're going to be getting some messages and phone calls like, hey, what happened Friday? Like, oh, crap. <laughs> and they're not like, I True. wanted to beat your ass in that workout. Maybe sometimes, but yeah. for the most part, it's like they care about you. You start to get that care component, which you said is the most important piece of, uh, what did you say? You said it's a classic saying. I haven't ever heard it said like that. Like, They don't care how much you know. Until they, know, let, how much you they care. know how much you care. Yeah. So, but yeah, that's um, it's an interesting point, man. I love it. So it's all, it's literally all revolved around the community aspect too. And like you said, no one gives a shit how much you're lifting, how much you're picking up and putting down. But at the very end of that workout, if we're all sweating and we accomplish something together, we're cheering each other on. Oh yeah. No one cares that much to be like, like you want to, you want to die for points. People will want to do their best. For sure. But I'm not, I've never once in my life saw someone move less weight than me or finish with a slower time or less reps and rounds in a workout and been like, oh, yeah, like, and if there are those type of people in there, fantastic. They're not the people I want in my gym, nor are they the people that you want to be around you. So exactly. You can get rid of that. You know, it's almost like that insecurity of it. And I guess I could see that too, from a personal training perspective is like, there are probably male and female people that see you as a trainer and they're like, oh, I can't work out with that guy. He's going to laugh at me or he's yeah. going to do this. And you're like, if I could just just slap the ignorance out of your head right now, I would do that. <laughs> Sounds like a negative thing to say given the circumstance of it. But it's like, do you, have you faced that? What is your thoughts on that when people was like, this guy's hair is too good looking, his hair is too perfect, he's just <laughs> like all this stuff in there. I can't, I can't be seen sweating or failing around yeah. him. It's crazy because you think the hair would just be an attracting factor, but sometimes it is a, it's a deflector. It's too good. Um, no, it's, it's cool that we bring this up because I'm actually, there's actually a lady that I'm going to start training that when I first met her, she said that exact thing of, I've seen you working out, I don't want to do what you do, I don't think I'd, I'd be a good fit training with you. And I, I looked her in the eyes. I said, I would never make you do what I do if you didn't want to do that. So we sat down, just chatted, um, and she got to know me a little bit. And obviously I was able to kind of crack into what it would look like as opposed to what I do on a daily basis, like what 
our workouts look like do not look like what our clients go through. Um, I think just being able to sit down with a person that feels like that and have a conversation with them about what personal training actually is, is important. Um, and it, well, now, like I said, we're, we're starting next week. So it's funny how from the outside looking in, people can be intimidated and think that they can never train with you because of how you train yourself. Uh, but you got clients and anyone in general that goes to a gym, you have to realize that a lot of coaches have worked towards these things for years. Like we've been working out. I don't know how long you've been working out for. I've been working out probably over a decade, uh, probably more than that. So that we're only at this point because of that. So if you're new to training, don't think that you're going to be doing what stuff like me and Connor would be doing on a daily. And eventually you will or, or, or versions of it. But here's another one that I get and that I'm sure you get too. Darren, I'm really excited. I really want to start training with you. I'm going to work out for six weeks to get fit. And then I'm going to start training with you. I get it all the time. It's like, let me get in a rhythm first and then we will start. It's like, but don't you want to put your time and energy into a person that can get you in the rhythm? And that's everything to me. I think that's why you should really look into hiring a coach. And I think that that's also a reason that, like I said, coaches need coaches because sometimes there's, there's times in my training journey where I'm like, I just feel like I'm not in a good rhythm of like what I'm doing. I need, a, I need to get something fresh. And that's when I'll, I'll look into like who can I go to to get, that, to get that rhythm back. So I think to say you're going to do it on your own for six weeks, 12 weeks, and then go to a coach, you're only really wasting time when you could just put your time and energy into a person that can get you there to the, the quickest degree. Um, and like I, I say to all my clients, my goal is not to keep you here forever. My goal is to give you the assets and tools where you have the ability to now not need me anymore. And I've done my job. If I can get them there as quick as possible, it also shows them that I'm not here for the money. I am here to get you to a point where you feel like you can walk into a gym and be as confident as humanly possible that you can get through an hour session by yourself. And if they can do that, I'm looking across the gym, fulfilled as ever. I've done my job. I love that. You know? You had said it too when you're like, you know, when someone says, well, you were like, why would you waste your time? I guess I never thought of it like this because I always just get like frustrated at the question. And I'm like, just come join me in the gym. If anyone ever says, I'm like, just come in. Yeah. I'll give you a free session. Come in. And and I'll show you that one, you're not going to get fit in six weeks enough. I always, it's always the people that like want to like train with me. They're like, give me six weeks and I'll be in there on your level. And I'm like, I'm not going to take that as much of an insult <laughs> as, as I should. Like, hold on. I've been working at this for years. But the other thing is when people are like, oh, just get, just, I'm going to get in my groove. Give me six weeks to get in my groove. My, I guess my response would be like, Why, where are you right now? The last six weeks, what stopped you from being in a groove? Like, oh, well, I just got to get, it's like, it's the same thing to why you're not going to get in a groove in that. We're, we're our own uh, biggest liars. Oh, we for like sure. to lie to ourselves. We like to give ourselves time where time isn't really earned. Um, and I've noticed that, and we've noticed that, being in the fitness industry, uh, that 
people just like to give themselves a little bit more time. You got fans out here. <laughs> co-workers but you know I'll call them fans <laughs> they're fans too so as we're recording in the studio we're in the TD Garden so when people walk by there's just like and there's a Celtic game tonight so when people if you're watching this podcast on YouTube or just listening to it sometimes we get distracted and wave when there's there's people walking by but um, you had mentioned something that I wanted to say something on um, oh and when if you're in this position where you're like I said that to someone yesterday that it let me get six weeks to do this. And then when Darren says, we are our own biggest liars, like, don't think that you're in a category on your own. Don't think I'm not in that same bucket with you. Yeah. With, with all other aspects of life, with running events, with doing, I mean, all sorts of things in my work. I'm the person who's telling myself, oh, wait, or wait till it's this, or, or wait to do it. It's like, I've never gone fully into something being like, I'm going to do this and regretted it. I've had failures for sure. Yeah. Massive failures, embarrassing failures. However, it is so much better than at the point where you're like, oh, I, I wish I would have done that at some point in time. It's so true. It, even I, I think a big area, not only for fitness, but just people that are starting businesses or they want to get something off the ground running is like the social media, getting comfortable even like pushing content out and promoting something that you're trying to build from the ground up. I feel like that's a big one that I, I lied to myself about for so long of like, yeah, I'm going to start pushing content out regularly and pushing a brand and trying to get my face out there. But like, and that's a tough thing for people to do because you have to be more comfortable putting your face out there. But that's a big, uh, that's a big area too that I've seen with companies, fitness, all that. So everything. I mean, I think about the things that I haven't done. It's because I'm like, what if I put myself out there? What if I'm like, hey, here's some good content and zero people comment or one person comments and it's like, you don't know what you're talking about. Shut up. Yeah. You're like, oh man, like my ego couldn't take that. But then when you put it out there and you get one person who's like, hey, this, this video really helped me. Yeah. I and mean, I was literally just there yesterday. I didn't have like the boom mic in the gym. And so I did this just like basic push-up video I'm like, this stuff has helped a lot of clients that I've worked with. I'm just going to put it out there. And like the quality wasn't what I wanted for. And I'm like, oh, we got to do it all over. And Kyle was looking at it and he's like, what are you concerned about? I'm like, well, you know, we have all this expensive equipment and all this like fancy stuff. And he was just kind of like looking at me and I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm being sh- like shy or scared or yeah. any of that. And I was just like, just put the video out just there. Put it out. If there's someone who, you know, I knew from my past that has an even nicer recording studio to that. It's like, oh, look at this peasant. I'm like, I don't care. Who cares? You present, you present it to me like that. I'm like, well, I don't care. But I definitely have that stuff. And I'm sure with everything that you're doing, I mean, I'd imagine, I guess I won't speak for you, but if there's anything that you wish you would have done is just start it sooner. That's it. And that's, that's so, it boils down to that in every new venture you take on in life it could be a relationship a business a fitness journey is just start and i think i mentioned that earlier in in our combo is it could be as simple as just start something go for a walk like we said um and that's that's where my weakness has always been the social media like just start and i i feel like a lot of whoever's viewing this can relate in some type of way that Whatever is holding you back right now, just do something. Just start. It could be as simple as if you're getting into a new routine, just make your bed 
and that's what you do for that first day. And that, who, who knows where that can go? So it's an interesting thing that a lot of people just don't, they don't just start. Uh, that's almost something I want to write in my room, dude. Just start. Yeah. I mean, it's awesome. And I think that for anyone who's listening right now and you're like, you know what? He's right. I need to start. I always, I usually ask people, I'm like, what's one thing that people can start right now? It's like, if you're, if this is you and you're like, you know what? Maybe I should start walking. Go now. Get up and get outside and go. Like, right like literally this very moment. Instant. As you watch. As you watch. And, and get back and at least see if you don't feel at least some sense of accomplishment. You know, it's a, um, David Goggins had that story where he's like, I'm going to try to run a mile and ran 400 meters and went back to his house crying, being like, I'm fucking worthless. Yeah. But he did it. And then the next day it was like further and further. And now as you know, you probably know whatever you have to say about him, like, like good, bad, positive, but like he's, he's gotten there. He's doing the damn he's thing. Done it. If he wouldn't have started, he'd be right where he was. And also everyone is so afraid to look bad or to, you know, a lot of times people, oh, and I get this too. I'm sure you do. I used to look like that. I used to be able to do that. Oh, when I was in this, I used to do that. And I'm like, there's nothing more useless to me for you to say than that. Yeah. How about, how about you start working to get back towards it? And maybe you'll never achieve what you once were. But let me tell you, there is so much further for you to fall off. So why don't you just get going? It may not look like that. I'm not going to be as fit as I was when I competed in 2017. Not, it's just not going to happen for me. Yeah. I'm older. I don't, have, I don't have the same you know, resources to allocate towards that. But that doesn't mean I'm going to stop training because it can get worse and in so much, in so many ways, and exponentially in a way that you, you don't want it to, in, in yeah. like morbid areas. I feel like it's just uh, the ability to find enjoyment in that next phase of the journey too. Like, hmm. I almost don't want to be back to where I was at a certain point in time. Like, why not live and be where your two feet are and be grateful and working towards a newer version of yourself? So whatever that next stage may be. So yeah, maybe you've fallen off fitness-wise from your past, but why are we trying to get back to what we were when we can like grow into something so great and also enjoy what we are? So we got to stop, one, beating ourselves up for where we are now, but two, look forward to growing into a better individual that is going to um, benefit your life in a numerous amount of ways. So I think there's, it's all perspective. It's the way that you look at it. If someone was like, all right, I'm sold. I want to go train with Darren. How would someone get a hold of you? Yeah, so definitely Instagram is great. So I'm at dbatista, B-A-T-T-I-S-T-A-0-5 on Instagram. Uh, you can DM me, and I will, I will definitely answer DMs. I'm good about that, um, and I can give you all the, the info on that, uh, whether you want to train in person or if you have any interest in some virtual stuff, we can talk about that. So shoot me a DM if you have any interest whatsoever. What about, uh, what about the training program, Credo Fit? Yeah, so that that is linked to my account as well. So there's like a, there's a separate online training um, application that you can fill out just so I can get some more details on whoever's reaching out. Um, and once I have that, we can set up a phone call. We can chat, talk goals and what you want out of the process, and we can go from there. So very easy to reach me. Just go on to my 
personal account, I have everything linked in there. And there's also a link to my Credo account, which is at credo.fit. So it's all there. You heard it here. If you're going to start, there's no better place to start. Get a trainer, figure it out, turn it around. And maybe there's, you know, of the, of the six listeners that I have, maybe there's one, (laughs) maybe there's only one person who's like, you know what? I am going to do it, but fuck it. If there's one person that it's like, Hey, I'm going to make that change and we're going to start job done. We did our job. I'm cool with that. Um, as always, you can find us at Big Night Fitness on Instagram. That is B-I-G-N-I-G-H-T-F-I-T-N-E-S-S. I don't know why I'm spelling it out. I mean, you had to have typed it in at some point in time to find this podcast. True. Um, stay linked to everything that we're doing for events in Boston. Uh, I'm trying to put more stuff. I'm trying to put myself out there a little bit more on the YouTube channel, starting to create some more workouts. Um, quick 10-minute or less bodyweight workouts, minimal equipment, just fun stuff. Uh, look forward to in the very near future seeing Darren on there as well, hitting Absolutely. some workouts. We'll walk you through the workouts. We'll hit them on there. It's completely free. We put out some fun stuff on there as well regarding uh, um, our celebrity training and some of the silly shenanigans that we do. So it's not all serious because fitness is fun. But uh, Darren, can't thank you enough for coming on here. Looking forward to everything that you have going on you know, secretly, but, uh, <laughs> but also getting you in the gym and training. So I appreciate Thank everything you, you do. And I know all your clients do as well. Thanks for having me on, brother. I appreciate you. Oh yeah. We'll see you guys next week. Thank you guys. Thank you.